Today, I have a special guest who's going to be wrapping up this series for us. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. His name is Pi Pastor Peister. That's a new word. Peister Michael Brusicki. He's from Community Church in Virginia, around Virginia Beach. They have three campuses there in that area, one in Virginia Beach, one in the Western Branch, and one in Suffolk. They also have a prison uh, campus, as well as have planted a church in the Philippines. So they got a lot going on. And the first time I was introduced to Pastor Michael was we went on a trip to Israel, and they're saying, you're going to team up with the church that's already going. And so I'm like, all right, who, who is this? They're like, well, this one guy, uh, Pastor Michael Brusicki, he's taking a group, and you guys can go with them. I'm like, all right, let me, let me see who this guy is. So I creeped him on online first, all right? Because I wanted to make sure. I'm like, all right, who is this guy we're going down with? And I looked at him, I saw a picture of him and his family, and he's got five kids, and he's got four boys. I'm like, I got four boys. And then I looked, I think it's on his right hand, his right arm. He's got tattoos with arrows of his kids on his arm. I'm like, this guy is amazing. <laughs> he is a genius. And uh, he's not. No, he is a genius. But uh, we had a great time in Israel. Um, man, it was just an amazing thing. And that really kind of began a friendship that I think, oh, I'm praying that's going to carry us for a long time. Um, and the, this journey that we've been on together. But would you guys do me a favor? And we just give uh, Pastor Michael a warm Elevate Church welcome today. Come on, Elevate. Good to see you guys this awesome morning. And uh, wow, you know, I know it's normal for you, but, but starting every, uh, every service for me coming from Virginia, you have to know this. If we get a dusting of snow, the city closes for one week. That is no joke. And so I was driving to church this morning, and, uh, and my kids let me know it was slick outside. And I said, thank you, uh, because, because uh, if you have kids, sometimes they help you know how to drive. Does anybody have kids? Maybe you know. And, uh, and so, you know, it doesn't hold you back. And I always believe when you push through anything uh, to get to God's house and to see what Jesus would have for you, he always shows up at the measure of our level of hunger and expectation. And so I just believe he is doing something special this day. Uh, in your lives. I've been so happy to get to be here and, and hang with you guys today. I, uh, I traveled with my whole family up from Virginia. We uh, five kids, as Pastor Colby said, uh, ages two to 11. And so my life is boring. <laughs> it's amazing and uh, never, a, never a dull moment. My wife, Megan, uh, with me also right there. Just wave, say hi to everybody. It's my beautiful wife, Megan, who I like to... Um, I, I believe, and I've watched this just over the years as we've pastored, that um, every time God uh, does something incredible through, through me, meaning like I feel like he's done something awesome in our life and used me in some way, it traces back to something my wife was like, you should probably do this. And so I'm glad that God gave me a wonderful wife, and, and man, having my family with me has been fun. Love your pastors. I want you to know that uh, we try to make sure we run with people in life who just kind of are like, no, we just really believe we serve a big God, and we really believe that there's nothing impossible for him. And so Megan and I, we wanna be around people that believe like we do, and over the last couple years, just getting to spend time with Pastor Colby and Kristen, travel a little bit with them, it's been so fun to get to know them, and, and they have a heart for you and a heart for the church. And so thankful for your friendship, thankful to get to speak into your house this weekend. Would you just give your pastors a big hand? Because I think you're blessed here in Erie tremendously 
Excited to speak into this series, kind of close it out, you in a year, and uh, I want to talk about something that is, uh, well, it's, it's something that impacts all of our lives so much. Uh, every one of us, at some level, we deal with this thing called relationships. We, we, we have this thing called friendships. We, we, uh, we, we, how many of you know, like in life, there's just people around? Also, so we're just getting started here, this service, what time is this? This is 11 o'clock service, we're just getting started, so I'm a, I'm a preacher who likes like communication, kind of we're going back and forth, and so when I go like this, I'm trying to see if you agree with me, right, like this, and you're like, yes, I agree with, I agree with you, I like to say you smelling what I'm stepping in, but my wife says not to say that, so I try not to say that anymore, but, um, and, and I know this, in every, in every church I've ever spoken, including my own, in any service, there's always somebody that's sitting there like this. And they're like, there is no way I will respond to anything you ask me to do in church under any circumstances. And if that's you today, hey, that's fine. I do want you to know that I have a goal uh, during this service that somehow you're gonna be like, yeah, that's probably right, that's probably me. But if not, that's okay, because really our hope is that today you'd put your faith in Jesus. If you haven't already done that, that's why we exist as Elevate Churches, because we are here to reach people and see them experience what God has for them. So uh, I just wanna talk today, kind of in this you and a year from the relationships perspective, from the friendship perspective, because it, it really is significant who we share our life with. We, you know, you may have heard this saying before, you may have said this saying before, it goes like this, show me your friends, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. What, what, what do your friends look like? In fact, we, uh, we know this because if you're a parent, you, you've, you've, you've tried at some point to be really intentional about who your kids are around. And, and maybe you even said this or had this thought before, like, I just don't want them to get caught up in the wrong crowd. Who is the wrong crowd? I don't know, it's just there's some crowd, there's some grouping of people that we decide as people that that's not the people we necessarily want people to be around. There's a lot of people in that, very peoply. But as adults, we have this problem. We don't have somebody telling us who we should hang around. As adults, we don't always have, have somebody going, hey, that's, that's who you should hang out with, that's not who you should hang out with. And, and the problem is, it's true, show me your friends, I'll show you your Future, now we step into that truth here in 2019 with this reality. Man, relationships are changing. Over the last decade, we have seen relationships, at least living in America, change so dramatically. Most people, researchers would say, have maybe two friends in person and somewhere between two and 300 friends on social media. And we have this problem where we begin to live our life more based on social media life than we do based on real or authentic life in person. And the question for all of us becomes, well, with the people I put around my life, how is it impacting me? How, 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 do, how do my friends in person impact me? How do my, we'll call them friends for lack of a better word, in the social media world impact me? How are all of these things or people around me impacting my life? Do I feel encouraged when I'm around the people I'm around today? Or do I feel depleted? Do I feel fired up because of the things I see on social media or do I feel mad, angry, and jealous? What, is, what are those things around me doing to me? Because there's this promise in scripture and it's a, it's, a, it's a common one, I absolutely love it. It's found in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. God says this, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And here's the thing about that verse. 
I could share that verse. We could just be like, hey, that's awesome. There's a verse in the Bible that says God has a future and a hope for you. We could high five. We could walk out the door and go, hey, man, guess what? God's got a future and a hope for you. Let's go get it. And the thing is, if we just did that, it didn't change anything about our life. We would go, hey, what about that future and that hope? Because the thing about so many of the promises of God, they are real, but I have to do something to walk into them. One of the ways we miss this promise of God, oh, this is, I'm right here with you, Elevate, to walk into this future and a hope that God has for us, the people around us matter. In fact, I'd love for you to write this down if you're taking notes today. Those you surround yourself with determine your future. Those you surround yourself with determine your future. And if you're not taking notes, I'd love you to, to I, I like to say this, I believe that note takers go to heaven. And so does everyone else who believes in Jesus. But I do think that God might ask you to see your notes from Pastor Colby and all the times he was preaching great messages when you get, probably not, that's a joke, just making sure. I, wanna, I know it's my first time speaking here. I just don't want you to think I'm laying down heresy or anything. But you should write stuff down. That's just, just being honest. Show, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. The people you surround yourself with determine your future. God goes, I have a future and a hope for you. Yes, that sounds awesome. In order to experience that good future, the people I surround myself maybe are the most important thing. In fact, just real quick, can I get seven guys to jump up on stage with me real quick? Just be real brave. Just jump up here right now. Seven people, give them a hand as they come. Come on, just jump up real quick. Come on, come on, real quick. Man, you gotta get a little bit bolder, elevate. Come on, here we go. That's right, come on. Come on, three more guys, jump up real quick. I'm just gonna have to preach longer if you don't jump up here. That's all that's gonna happen. Come on, we're gonna, come on, I need two more. Come on, here we go. I need one more. How many I got there? There we go, hop up here real quick. All right, I need you guys just to get in a circle around me, just kind of get in a circle around me. Like, a, we're gonna close the circle around me. That's what we're gonna do. We gotta close it, so we gotta get all the way, we gotta get all the way around. Okay, here we go. So this is most of our life. We're surrounded by a number of people, every single one of us. Here's the thing about how we're surrounded in life. The people I surround myself determine where I have to go. In fact, if you guys could just kind of put your arms around each other a little bit so you kind of lock together like that. So for instance, right now, if this group of guys goes to my left, so we're going this way right here. We're going this way. We're going to move this way. I have to go this way. I have no choice. Stop. I, I, I can't say, no, I'm going right because they're going left. They're who surrounded me. That's the way I'm going. If we go right, we're going to go to my right this way. I have to go this way. Now stop right there. Here's the problem. A lot of us would like to say, well, the people around me, they're going one way, but I'm going another way. That's not possible. The people you surround yourself with will determine the direction of your life. You guys can have a seat. Will you give these guys a hand for helping me out? Thank you guys very much. Pastor Colby has a gift for you as you leave today for helping with that. What are the people surrounding your life leading you into? Do you like it? The people that surround your life that speak in, into you, are they leading you into what you know is God's best for you? The people that surround your life today, the, the, the friendships, the relationships, are they, are they what you desire in that, in that deep spot inside? Because the thing about friendships and relationships, we have, to, we have to just like stop for a moment and actually think about them. Because we, we live in such a fast-paced world where we, most of us don't even take time to just pause and think. Most of us hate the concept of just being like silent 
Now, I don't mean like not having the kids screaming for those of us that are parents. We love that part. (laughs) I mean like silent with nothing coming into my life. No book, no social media feed, no, no, just quiet to think. Because in fact, I've done some research and they say most people are scared of their own thoughts. So we just keep busy and the problem isn't keeping busy. A lot of us don't take, take the time to think about our relationships and how they're actually impacting us. And if I said to you today that it's 100% true that God has a future and a hope for you and I can champion that with you and we can all be in agreement and say, hey, December's gonna be an awesome year for me because I'm gonna walk into that future and walk into that hope God has for me. I want that for you. I want that for me. But in order for that to happen, who I surround myself may be the number one determining factor. So what do you feed yourself? What, 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 is, what, what do you feed yourself? You know, this is maybe so personal for me because in the last two years, Megan and I have walked through probably the worst relational hurt uh, of our life. People that, that were with us in, in, in our city that, that we were close with, that we thought we were gonna do, do life with for a long time, uh, they, they, they began, some of them began to kind of have this circle of people around them. And I would say, hey, uh, you're gonna end up thinking like them. You're, you're gonna end up running the direction of those people. And, and I would hear back, no, no, it's not gonna happen. And then finally, at the end of the day, we saw the results of what happened and we walked through a lot of difficult things. God made us stronger and I'm thankful that he always makes us stronger when we walk through difficult things, but it just drove home inside of me the importance of us understanding, man, who that, that group of people that I allow in, that group of people that I let influence me really will determine my future. None of us, none of us are uh, uh, immune to this. It's true. For all of us, this is why the Apostle Paul, who wrote this book of the Bible, 1 Corinthians, he said this in verse 15, don't be misled, bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought, as you ought and stop sinning. In Proverbs chapter 27, verse 19, the scripture says this, a mirror reflects a man's face, but what he is really like is shown by the kinds of friends he chooses. Like what you're really like is based on your friends. And, and I don't... I don't know if this is true up here in PA, but, but everywhere else I've been, you ever seen those people, maybe they've been married like 60 years, and all of a sudden it's like they start to look like the same person? Does anybody? Come on, this is this agreement part of the service. You're like, it's okay, I'm not gonna make you come up on stage. Like, that's the only time in the service you're not raising your hand to have to do anything else, I promise. It's like, oh my gosh, it's so, this scripture being fulfilled right here, that's what that is. What a person is really like is shown by the friends he He chooses, he puts in his life because you're gonna end up becoming like that. You're gonna end up believing like that. You're gonna end up thinking like that. This is why it's so important. So I wanna teach you today from this scripture, this passage of scripture, this story in the Old Testament. It's found in the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 13 is where we'll hang out and it's this story where God is declaring he's got, well, God has already brought his people out out of a terrible situation and he has a great future for them, kind of just like that promise for us today. He's got a great future for us, but in order to walk into it, here's kind of the thing that needs to happen. And so it says this in Numbers chapter 13, beginning in verse one, the Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So 12 guys, 12 leaders, often they're called spies, but they were leaders of each tribe. They're gonna go to a new territory. They're gonna go to a new land. 
land. This is a land God has declared. I'm giving it to you. It's so important in this story we understand. God wasn't saying, go see if you think you can get this land. God is giving them this land. He says, 12 of you, just go check out the present that I'm going to give you. Verse 17, let's keep it going. It says, Moses gave the men these instructions as he sent them out to explore the land. Go north through the Negev into the hill country and see what the land is like. Find out whether the people living there are strong or weak or few or many. See what kind of land they live in. Is it good or bad? Do their towns have walls or are they unprotected like open camps? Is the soil fertile or poor? Are there many trees? Do your best to bring back samples of the crops you see for it happened to be the season for harvesting the first ripe grapes. Verse 23, when the time when they came to the valley of Eshcol, they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes so large it took two of them to carry it on a pole between them. Now, how many of you know that's big grapes? <laughs> this is before the time of genetically engineered fruits and vegetables. Do you know why it's so important we study the scriptures? It's because it gives us pictures to how God works. Now, none of us today are going, man, Lord, after church today, if I could just find a cluster of grapes so large. No, it's a picture for us of how God shows when he brings his people into blessing, it's greater than they can imagine. He brings them into things that are beyond what we could ever come up with. It's the promise of Ephesians chapter 3, 20 that says our God is able to do greater than anything we could ask, think, or imagine. So for you today, it's probably not a cluster of grapes. The promise holds true. He's the God who wants to be a God of more than enough in our life. This is what it looked like. He says, they also brought back samples of the pomegranates and figs. That place was called the Valley of Eshcol, which means cluster because of the cluster of grapes the Israelite men cut there. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned. Verse 26, they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and they showed them the fruit of the land. So get that picture, right? It's us, we're hanging out together. It's just this whole group together. Here comes the 12 guys and they're like, check out, we brought some of the goodness from the land that God is giving us. Like, look at this right now. It's beautiful, it's amazing. What a promise this land is. They brought it before them and they gave Moses this account, verse 27. We went into the land which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. Now, milk and honey don't get caught up in that, right? Because we're not looking for a land flowing with milk and honey. Again, we have to recognize the picture. Milk and honey was a picture of provision, that all of your needs are taken care of. The fruit was a picture of more than enough. He's going, this is, this is how incredible our God is. Verse 28, but the people who live there are powerful. The cities are fortified and large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses. I just want to stop right here. Everybody needs a Caleb in their life. Every one of us need that person in our life who will silence the people who are just talking about the problems and nothing else. Every one of us needs a Caleb in our life who will go, enough of the problem, let's start talking about what we're gonna do. Yeah. Caleb silenced the people, it says. Let me get to my spot, because I lost my spot. Sometimes you lose your spot, it's all right. We serve a God of grace and forgiveness even when you're the preacher. He said this in verse 30. We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. 
But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the, the descendants of Anak. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we looked the same to them. They brought back the fruit. They brought back this report of all the goodness. They said, it's so good, it's so amazing. And then in verse 28, they said the word that so often destroys so many of us from walking into what God has for us. They said the word, but. You might call that a big old but. <laughs> I don't want to be surrounded by people with big old butts. <laughs> I don't want to be surrounded by people who are, man, they are the first on the train of excuses. Let me tell you why we can't experience God's promise. Let me tell you why, oh, it's because of where I live that I can't experience a future and a hope like God would have. Oh, oh, it, it's because of my job, but if I had a better job, then I would be able, oh, if I had a different spouse, then I would be able to do that. Oh, if my kids had this, then I would be able, man, they just got butt after butt after butt, and God goes, I got promise after promise after promise, but you gotta get your butt out of the way so my promise can actually come into your life. So, so I, I, I deliberately try to surround myself not with people with big old butts, but with people with big old faith, yeah. with people who will speak life to me and encourage me, where when I might say to them, this is the problem I'm experiencing in my life right now, they will take me away from the problem and back to the promise. Because see, God's promise of a future and a hope is never dependent on the problem that's right in front of us. The promise is dependent on our faith in him to deliver on the promise. People with the butts, though, they will focus on the problem. So I want people with big faith. That's why I love hanging out with Pastor Colby and Kristen. Because I love to be around people that really believe God would allow us to like start churches and cities and not, not just one, but multiple ones. I like to be around people for me as a pastor who are like, we really believe that God would use us to change a complete city. That no matter what would go on in the natural, the economics of the city are irrelevant when the people of the city are all in for Jesus and would see Jesus supernaturally work through people. Like I like to be around people that believe that way. I like to be around people that go, hey, I know that maybe it's not going great at your job right now, but I believe if you're faithful and bring your best, God is going to open up a new door for opportunity. I like to be around people who believe that when we do our money God's way, even though it doesn't make sense, we'll see God's blessing and provision in our life. I like to be around people who never believe we're already, we've already had our best days, but we know the best is yet to come. I like people with big faith. I have five kids, as I said, and, uh, some days are not hard. <laughs> Takes a minute for that one to land. It's okay. And there's this, there's this scripture, I believe it's in Psalm 127, and it says children are a blessing from God. Here's what I've really learned through having five kids and finding this promise in scripture that says children are a blessing from God. And that is this, sometimes the blessing God has for us requires a lot of work on my part to experience the full promise of the blessing he has for us. Would we be willing to elevate church 
to go, I want to get around people who will push me on to walk into the promise God has for me? Would, would I make sure that that circle of people that I'm, that, now, because we're all gonna have, right, this, this bigger circle, this, this, this acquaintances of people, but those people that are influencing my life, would I make sure with, that they are spurring me on to believe? Because we know, what, we, we know what people that aren't look like. He said it in the end of this passage. He said, we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. First, I wanna tell you something I find very fascinating about this verse in the Bible. By the way, I love the scriptures because I think they're so just rich with how God would practically teach us things. He said, we looked like the same to them. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we looked the same to them. Here's my question, how do you know? How do you know that they thought you were just grasshoppers? Because this is what we do. As humans, we, we know why people think what they think and we know what people are thinking about us. <laughs> Some of us at church today have made decisions for our future based on our certainty about what someone thinks about us even though we've never had the conversation one time. Oh, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> I was up at Peak and Peak skiing with uh, Friday night. I say up at, I don't, is it west of here or east of here or south of here? I don't know. But somewhere, you know, skiing. <laughs> Your pastor's so nice, he like put the addresses in the GPS in the car we rented so I don't even have to think. I just press the button and drive where it tells me to drive. It's incredible. So, well, I was skiing with my daughter. She's nine, and, and we were getting ready to get on this, this chairlift to go up the hill, and uh, she's like, no, I don't want to ride with you, Dad. I want to go by myself, and I was offended, which I know you're not supposed to get offended as a Christian, let alone a pastor, right? So I'm, and so I'm like, no, I'm your dad. I'm the boss. So I got in the chairlift with her. And I said, why didn't you want to ride with me? And she goes, because I was afraid you're going to embarrass me. <laughs> embarrass you in front of who? You don't know any of these people. Like in this whole place, you don't know any other person other than our family that's here right now. Embarrass you in front of who? And she's like, I don't, I heard you earlier when you like were riding up the chairlift and you were like yelling and hollering at some people or something. I don't really know and I didn't want to be, like, why do you care what people that you don't know think about you? Why are you making decisions for your life based on people, based on what people you will never meet think about you? I know none of you do that. <laughs> See, what, what we allow in that inner circle, those are the people who should help us decide what to do if we're wondering. Those are the people who will help push us on to what God has. That's why I would tell you today, it, it, requires, some, it requires all of us to do some thinking re regularly, 
about the things we allow in and the people we allow to influence our life because I'm talking primarily today about, about the real authentic relationships of the people around you. But social media for most of us is a reality. And here's the thing about it. Most people spend an hour or more in some capacity in the social media world. And what people say influences you. Uh, Megan said when we were driving to church earlier, she said, you know what it makes me think of? It's like, it'd be like you're, you're sitting in your living room on a couch. This is what scrolling social media is like. You're sitting in your living room on a couch and people just come in one by one and then my words not hurts, they just throw up on you. <laughs> like whatever they want, whatever they want, you have no control over what they do. They just say whatever they want and then you just take it in. And then you just take it in. What, 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 what is influencing you? I, I, uh, I intentionally unfollow people on social media, which by the way, I've heard people say they don't unfollow people because they don't want them to be offended. Who cares? <laughs> like I've had, to, I've had to get voices out of my life, not because they did anything wrong, but because it was making me jealous. Because I still got my own stuff and my own issues that God's working me on. One day, maybe I can follow those people again because they're awesome leaders in the body of Christ and what they're doing is great. But until I don't get jealous, I'm not gonna look at what they're doing because it's just making me not be who I'm supposed to be. What, what, what do you feel like after you're around your inner circle? What do you feel like after you look at what other people so, said to you on social media? Because not only is the point of the grasshopper small, I did a little bit of other study on grasshoppers. I'm not an insectologist, but when you have a microphone, you get to make up words. Uh, but I learned this about grasshoppers. They just spew out nasty, nasty, like a brown substance out of their mouth. And this is why I love the scriptures. Because I wonder how many of us surround our life with grasshoppers. Instead of Caleb's that say, let's go kill the giants. In fact, I'd love for you to write the statement down this way today. The right group brings out the giant killer in you and kills the grasshopper. The right group brings out the giant killer in you and kills the grasshopper. Man, grasshoppers, they're just, they're gross, they're nasty. And God goes, no, you, you need to surround yourself with giant killers. It's people of big faith. People who will believe with you, which is why I would say to you today, Elevate Church for every single one of us, this is an ongoing thing to go, what, what are the people around me leading me into? What are the people around me leading me into? The right group, if you're taking notes, as you should be, the right group is there when you need them the most. The right group is there when you need them the most. And here's what I mean, when you really need them. One of the things we're great at is going, yeah, if you need anything, just let me know. <laughs> hey, Elevate, if y'all need anything, just let me know. <laughs> and it sounds real nice until you're like, hey, Pastor Kobe, that Pastor Michael that was here, I need him to pull my car out of the ditch 
Could you? Because he said, if I need anything, just to let him know. I'm like, I'm not going to pull your car out of the ditch. So I didn't really mean that. If you need anything, just let me know. So I mean the people in your life that are like real, like, hey, whatever goes on, I'm really in it with you. Here's how you know you have the right group around you. And this takes time. They get the final 10% of the real you. Here's what I mean. A lot of us, we're good bringing 90% to the relationship. But there's a number of things about us, if we're honest, I'd go, I'm just not real sure you can handle it. If I told you some of the thoughts that I really have go through my mind, I'm not sure you'd still be my friend. I mean, as I stand up here, I, I get to pastor a, a local church. I get to do uh, just, honestly, I'm amazed at God's blessing on my life. I'm super thankful for it. Uh, some of the thoughts that go through my mind, if I said them out loud in the microphone right now, Pastor Colby would come tackle me on the stage and go, everything he just said, you need to not think about that right now. <laughs> so I have people in my life, in my inner circle, who I can bring that final 10% so that I don't have to feel like I'm still carrying a weight and not able to be the real me. But because I'm able to be the real me and those I surround myself with, they're able to help me move forward into those small things, sometimes big things that are holding me back. But see, none of us here today, will, none of us here will ever walk into that full future and that full hope and that full promise if we only bring 90% of ourselves. Do you have that circle today? And here's what I want you to know when I say that about being honest and bringing the final 10%. I don't mean you walk through the door next Sunday and you go, hey, everybody, let me tell you all the stuff I did wrong this week. Because that's just weird and you shouldn't do that. In fact, if you have done that, you should repent and not, I'm just kidding. I mean, you shouldn't do it again, but I don't know, it's sin. I don't know, you need to ask for forgiveness for it. It's the real you. The right group, if you're taking notes, celebrates you, doesn't tolerate you. The right group of people that God has for you and I, in that small group, they celebrate you. They don't just tolerate you. I don't want to go where I'm just tolerated. I don't want to go where they're like, Michael's here. I want to go where there's like, so here's what it's like. My youngest kid, he's two. His name's Griffin. When's his birthday? May. Right? May. Yes. Hey, listen. The struggle is real with five kids and birthdays and months, all that. So sometimes I get a little bit confused. When I get home from work, Griffin, he's two. This is what happens almost without exception. Daddy's home. Woo! Daddy's home! Daddy's home! I'm like, Daddy's home! Like, I'm so pumped. The other kids, I don't even remember their names. They're like, hey, Dad. I'm just kidding, I do. And I'm keeping all of them. But man, the way I feel in that moment, like some days it's been a stressful day at work, trying to pastor people. You know, because we all got issues sometimes we're working through. 
Some days I'm like, man, I gotta get some energy up because I'm tired and I gotta be there for my family tonight because that's my first priority and I don't wanna just give them leftovers. Sometimes I feel like I just bring them leftovers and I hate that and I wanna be better at that. Just letting that out, I guess. But all of a sudden then I get around that, that celebration of me and I'm like, yeah, it's on. There's people like that in your life. There's people like that for your life if they're not there right now. Because, see, what the devil, he's, here's the deal with, with the devil. He thinks he's smart, but he's not. He, he, only has, he only has the ability to impact our life negatively that we give him. One of the big ways we let him negatively impact our life is when we decide to pull back from true authentic relationship. And that is what, in 2019, I believe that is what, if we look back over the past 10 to 15 years, the, the, the just overtaking of social media has caused to happen. It's caused us to pull back from true, authentic relationship. But even before social media, it was an issue. Because in the, in the book of Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 10, he, he says this in talking to believers. He says, now is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some of you have formed the habit of doing because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. Now, here's what's really cool. He's saying, get together, encourage each other, build each other up. Well, this, this book of the Bible, Hebrews, originally written in the Greek language. That word uh, encourage there was often used in, in, the, in Roman soldiers, they would use that same original language word to encourage each other like two guys going into battle, locking arms when they're looking at an enemy in front of them that is bigger than they are. And they're like, man, what it looks like right now is not good. And they're going, come on, guys, we got to go and take him down. These are the people he says to be around. Now's not the time to, to, pull, to pull away. Now's the time to meet together with people of big faith. Knowing this, God's the one that will cause it to happen. It's not a manufactured thing. Because ultimately, none of us can fully be ourselves to someone else until we have fully been ourselves before God. Jesus said this in John chapter 15. He said, I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Yes, Jesus is my master and Jesus is my savior. Jesus is my God. Jesus went to a cross and he died for the sins of all humanity that by faith in him through grace, we could have life now on the earth and forever. That is who he is. And he himself said, I want you to know, though, I, I desire to be known as a friend of yours in this place of authentic relationship where, where, where listen, you can bring the final 10% to him. Because here's something I struggled with, and I think a lot of us do. There's some things in our life we just want to pretend God doesn't know. And if that's you today, in a, in, a, in a spirit of honesty and in, you know, just humor, he knows already. 
Like you're not actually keeping it from him. He knows. What you're keeping is his blessing from your life. Because whenever I'm able to say, God, this is the real me. God, whenever, whenever I'm okay to admit I had thoughts today that I know were not okay. But God, I believe you're still for me and I'm asking you to help me change the way I think. He goes, yes, this is a son, this is a daughter, this is a person that I can work through, that I can put my blessing on their life, that I, that promise I have for them in a future and a hope, I can start sending it their way. Because they're not still trying to say, I got it on my own. So my, my hope, my prayer for you, Elevate Church, is that, is that this year you would surround yourself, get in, a, get in a small group, that you would make sure that, that, that people that are feeding you just the, the grossness of a grasshopper, if you will, that you would get them out of your life. But before you even think about any of that, my hope is that every one of you would know I've brought it all to Jesus. I've decided this January 2019 that I'm not gonna hold anything back from him, that I'm gonna actually trust him with every aspect of my life because it's only then that I can receive the promise he has for every aspect of my life. Would you close your eyes with me? The reason I ask you to close your eyes is because I want just a moment of privacy between you and God. I believe it's so important that we, that we often do something physically to respond to something we feel in our heart. It's like a marker. It's like a, a point of remembrance for our life. And I believe that there's many of you in the room today that if you were honest with yourself right now, there's a portion of you you've held back from God. I believe there's many of you in the room today that maybe if you were honest with yourself, you've wondered if God would truly forgive some things you've done. You've wondered if he could still use you for big things because of some of the thoughts you've even had. And because of that, you've not been honest with him. You've not brought them to him so that he could take the, the weight of them away. I believe maybe there's some of you in the room today that maybe you simply haven't, even for a first time or a second time, made a commitment to follow him. And today he's, right now, like you, you just know this, this last 30 minutes or so, like you know, you're going, no, I... I know in order to have relationships with people that are better, I gotta get my relationship with Jesus where it should be. And today, you would, you would say that's you. I, I'm gonna change, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a full faith in Jesus today. I'm gonna declare relationship with him today. I'm gonna make changes in my life so that he is the true priority of my life. If that's you, you're feeling that in your heart, would you just be so bold as a, in this moment and take action, just slide your hand up in the air right now. Say, that's me right now. That's me right now. It's awesome. That's awesome. Just a couple more moments. If you feel that in your heart and you're going, I know that my heart's beating fast and I know I need to respond right now and put a full trust in Jesus. Where I've been holding back, I'm saying today's a, a change. My year will look different. Yes, thank you. God sees your hand, he sees your heart more importantly and he'll walk this with you. You can put your hands down all around the room. If you raised your hand, I want you to pray this prayer with me. 
And if you did not raise your hand, but you would say, I'm an all-in follower of Jesus, would you pray this prayer with me? We pray together. And I wanna tell you this too, we pray boldly, knowing we have the Spirit of God inside of us that can take out any obstacle and any giant. So let's pray this, just repeat after me with boldness. Say, Jesus, I love you. Thank you for forgiving me. Today I've decided I trust you with everything. And I look forward to a future and to a hope full of your promise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you made a decision to follow Jesus into your life and accept him as Lord and Savior, we would love to know about it. You can go online to elevatechurch.com forward slash yes, and there'll be some practical next steps for you to take along this journey. If you want to commit to feeling the mission and vision of this church to see people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, you can go online to elevatechurch.com forward slash give.